Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well this morning. I'd like to welcome you to First General Baptist Church. For those of you watching online, Daryl asked me to uh, just kind of give you an update. We took almost 20 youth to Winter Jam in South Haven last night. It looked a little different, uh, to be honest. Kind of like I look here and it's still different from being in an auditorium uh, before COVID started. We took a, a group and the thing was packed. The Lander Center in, in Mississippi was, was packed all the way from top to bottom. And then last night as we got there and started um, standing in line, getting ready for all of it, it, it was different. There was seating in between certain sections. The whole top was uh, roped off. Nobody could use the top of it. A lot less kids, but I promise you it was just as loud. It was, it was extremely loud, but we had a good time. New song, Riley Clemens, um, Crowder. There was a lot of people who went crazy over that. It was a good time. We spent most of the, I think, three hours there just listening to different bands. And I had a couple of takeaways, so I thought I'd, I'd share them. One, um, Brooklyn about made me laugh. Uh, we were letting them go out in sections and look for T-shirts. And so, of course, she wanted to hear Riley Clemens. And she went after a Riley Clemens T-shirt with her mom and one other friend. And as they start walking out to do this, Riley Clemens actually comes on stage. And I was watching her. I've never seen a kid turn around and sprint back so fast. And Lindsay couldn't even control her. She's just like, all right, we're going, we're going. She wanted to get back to see that so much and to see her face light up to watch them. It was a joy. And so that, you know, things like that, that's what we get out of it as the adults. We had six adults to come help, and I can't thank them enough because that's what it takes. It takes people to come and help and, and watch kids and, and corral them, as we say. Um, the other takeaway, uh, there, were, there were several actually, but New Song came on and, and said, you know, no matter what it looks like, we're going to worship God here tonight. It don't matter who's here. Uh, the people that are supposed to be here are here. And that's exactly what we came here to do. That's the most important thing is to worship God. And so as, as we sat there and, and I looked around the stadium and you see kids of all ages, adults of all ages, just pouring their hearts out for God, just simply wanting to worship and love God in that moment. That's exactly what we're called here to do today. So if you can and you're willing to stand and give it for God today, because that's what we're here to do, just to worship and praise him. So I'll pray, and then we'll let the, the band introduce. But I hope you guys will just, just imagine what 10, 15,000 kids worshiping God looks like in a stadium and God looking down and just, just happy with that moment. He does the same thing with us every week. If we're just willing to pour our hearts out and worship him and love him, he looks at us the same way. Uh, where two or more are gathered, he'll be there, and there's definitely two or more here. So uh, thank you guys for that. Um, I'll tell you what, if you want to go ahead and stand, then I'll go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this time, this opportunity just to come into your house. Uh, thank you for the, the adventure that we had last night, bringing us there and bringing us back safely. Lord, it was just a blessing to see all those faces uh, worshiping and pour themselves out for you, Lord. I pray that as we go uh, through this morning that you'll give Brother Daryl the words that, that we're supposed to hear, but then also the opportunity just <clears throat> for us to pray with, to praise with the praise band, just to, to love you, to honor you in all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over, 
my story's just begun The failure won't define me Cause that's what my father does The failure won't define me Cause that's what my father does shame at the door cause it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, you're in the Father's house Arrival's not the end game The journey's where you are you never wanted perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over if the story isn't good. Failure's never final when the father's in the room. Failure's never final when the father's in the room. shame at the door cause it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, you're in the father's house yeah you're in the father's house yeah yeah the prodigals come home the helpless find hope Love is on the moon when the father's in the room. Prison doors fling wide, the dead come to life. Love is on the moon when the father's in the room. Miracles take place, the cynical find faith. Love is breaking through when the father's in the room. Jericho walls are quaking, strongholds now are shaking. Love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. I said, Love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. Ooh, lay your burdens down. Ooh, here in the Father's house, check your shame. Cause it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, you're in the Father's house Yeah Lay your burdens down Ooh, here in the Father's house Check your shame at the door Cause it ain't welcome anymore
sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope and only place to return. Your love made a way to let mercy come when death was arrested. She's
this um, next song we're going to do. It's not a new song, but it's a new song for us to do. Um, I was trying to think of a scripture to read before we sang it this morning, and there's just there's so many scriptures you could pull from this song, so many um, Bible references in this song, and I couldn't really pick out a scripture to do, and I kept thinking, and it, it reminded me of... Um, something that the speaker last night at the the concert that we took the youth to something he said um i'm just going to shorten it a little bit for this morning but he was talking about when his daughter was born his first child and they were in the hospital and his baby girl was born and of course the baby girl did what all babies do when they're born she made a mess all over herself and she was laying in the, the plastic tub is what he called it the bassinet in the hospital room she was laying there with the mess all over and she was crying and he was looking around like is somebody gonna do something about this and then he realized oh yeah I'm the dad so he goes over and he bends down and he kind of whispers to his daughter hi I'm your daddy I love you and she stops crying and that just kind of took him aback like just his voice caused her to to stop crying and and um, just you know calmed her down and he said and then she started crying again and he just instinctively just reached down and picked her up and held her close to him and started whispering to him again so of course then he had her mess all over him because you know she had it all over her so now he's covered in it too but she stops crying again, and so he's just standing there holding her, whispering, you know, I'm your daddy, I love you. And he said he just felt God talk to him in that moment and say, you know, this is how I love you. Your mess doesn't separate you from me. We all have messes, but God just reaches down and he scoops us up, mess and all. So he takes our mess along with us, and he says, I'm your father, I love you. Don't keep, don't let your mess keep you from me. And so I just, when I was thinking about my, um, probably my favorite line in this song says, my failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all and you still call me friend. I love that part of this song. And so that just reminded me of that story from last night. He can turn our mourning into dancing. He makes beauty from our ashes and he can turn our shame into glory. And he is the only one who can do that. So just worship with us as we sing this song this morning.
Welcome you to take your Bible and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2, and it will be verses 6 through 9. I dealt with these scriptures a few weeks ago on Palm Sunday, but I want to deal with it a little in a different way today. So Hebrews chapter 2, 6 through 9, as we go through the book of Hebrews on Sundays. What I want to do is, uh, let's read 6 through most of verse 8. Then I'm going to take a break and read Psalm 8 is what the writer is referring to here in Hebrews chapter 2. So beginning in chapter 2 verse 6, the pastor in that day speaking to that church in that day said, but one testified in a certain place saying, now here's a, an Old Testament quote, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him? You've made him a little lower than the angels, and of course that's speaking of, of us. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. I'm going to take a break right there. Now this will be on the screen. Of course you're welcome to turn with me if you want, but we'll read it. Psalm chapter 8, just read the whole, whole chapter. It's pretty short, but this is the psalm that the Hebrew writer is quoting from. So David uh, writing the psalm, uh, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, uh, who have set your glory, your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I, consider the, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. Okay, let's go ahead and finish the text out of Hebrews now. And I lost my place. Give me just a second. I guess I could read it off the screen. But 
here we are. So we'll read the second half of verse 8. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not see all things put under him. It's a difficult verse. I mentioned this the last time we were. Difficult verse. You have to read it carefully. Uh, one way to put it in that verse, when in, the writer says he uh, is cap- capitalized Jesus. When the writer says him, that's man. That's, that's us. Jesus put all things under our feet but we do not yet see all things put under our feet. There's something wrong. It's supposed to be one way, but it's really another way. From what we see, we're not as, uh, things aren't in subjection to us as the way God planned it to be. We have made mistakes. We have fallen. We have sinned. And so we don't see all things under our feet the way they're supposed to be. Uh, We can't even control ourselves, much less control hardly anything else. And he goes on, the last verse of the text, but we see Jesus, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, just like we were, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. There's an outline of this message on the backside of your announcements and uh, the first part is what is man so here's what we're going to do we showed a video a while back a few weeks ago I don't even remember what the message was but it was a, a, a simple one a short one and it was simply taking a, a lady laying on the ground at Google headquarters in California and the camera went from her and started going out and then eventually showed our universe the Milky Way amongst uh, millions of others. There are, uh, we know, at least 100,000 million universes. And our universe, of course, is just one. And so the camera went out from her, went all the way out to show our universe. You can't even really distinguish it. All right, what we're going to do this morning is take that video and do it in reverse. And I want to concentrate on this first part. What is man? I want you to imagine David when he wrote Psalm 8. What is man? As I I look at the works of your hand, the sun, the moons, the stars, I want you to imagine David doing what maybe you've done, maybe you haven't, but laying on the grass at night and looking up and, and looking at the stars. Sometimes at night if I'm walking from here to home or from home to here, I'll, I'll look up at the stars. And some of those nights, you know, it's just there's just millions of stars up there. And I thought that God is there and that God is here. And I feel so small because I am so small. And maybe you've, you've probably done that somewhat too. Is David laid on the grass at night and looked up and he said, What is man? that you are mindful of him, that you even pay attention to us. I just feel so, sometimes we feel so small because we are. But yet God sees us. Now, a twist we're going to do, Matt was able to do, is, is we're going we're gonna to do this in reverse. So we're going to show our Milky Way u- universe and zoom back in to Google headquarters 
And the same, this, the same lady is going to be laying on the grass. We'll go, Google, uh, zoom, zoom into that. And I think she's laying maybe with her hands crossed or whatever. And so we're going to go in there. And we're going to see on the inside. I, th I think it goes through her hand and show what man is on the inside. And so we're going to go from as far out as, you know, we can kind of halfway comprehend to inside of us. What I want you to do, I'll just go ahead and say this now. When you see the lady laying on the grass at Google headquarters, I want you to imagine that's you. That's you. Okay. Okay. Matt, is this going to work? We'll try this. It's not very long. <laughs> if it doesn't work, it's all Matt's fault. Okay. 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 Interesting. Imagine that that, that one person, and there are billions of us on earth, and that one person laying there, how God, as far out as you can go, he sees it. As far in as you can go, he sees it. Every atom, atom, A-T-O-M, in you, he sees it. He made it. The scripture plainly tells us that you were created by Jesus and for him. And so there's absolutely nothing about you that he doesn't know because he made every single molecule, every single microscopic part he made you so he knows you exactly as you are uh, and there's there's a special there's a specialness and that's probably not even a word but a, but a specialness about you an individuality about you that that only uh, only God can see so what is man and I, I don't know just spend a little time sometimes thinking about that God it just amazes me that you even pay attention to me because there are billions of us and yet, I'm as important to you as, as anyone else. I don't know if you've ever done this. I tried to do this this morning. I tried to do this a lot. But every person I talked to this morning, just for church, just, you know, just talking to you, I, 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 tried, to, and I tried to understand and think, and, and you are special, and your story that you're telling me, the issue you're talking to me about is special, and each one is so different. Every person in every seat here this morning has a special individual story. There's something going on with you that is special, that's individual, that's not going on with anyone else, and, and God does what nobody else can do. He sees it all at the same time. This is another th weird thing I do. Uh, sometimes if I'm in, in heavy traffic, the other week I was trying to leave Jonesboro at 5 o'clock on a Friday. Now, some of you do that all, all the time. I hardly ever do that if I can help it, okay? But I'm trying to leave Jonesboro at 5 o'clock on a Friday. Can't even turn right because everywhere there's just cars everywhere, as you well know. But I'll sit there when I can't even turn right, and I'll, and I'll look around me, and so many cars, and there's, of course, there's people in every car, and I sit there, and I have time to think. I think there's a story in every car. Because I, what a lot of us think of when we're sitting in traffic is what I've got to do, where I've got to go. You know, every other person in every other car is thinking the same thing. What they've got to do, where they've got to do, there's a story in every car. And God sees all of that at the same time. 
So what is man? But we move on to, to why man? Because uh, the last part of, of verse 8, that verse that's just hard to read, the way God planned it was everything is supposed to be subjected to us. Adam, Adam and Eve in the garden is how this is supposed to work out. This is how, what it's supposed to be. And the plants, the animals, everything is in, in subjection to them. Everything is perfect. And then the last part of, of that verse, uh, but we don't see that, the writer says. We don't see that because there's something wrong with each of us. As we talked, we just now talked about what is man. We're all so special, so different. But I, this is where I'm supposed to slow down. And I re, there's, there's going to be two things I really want you to get, and this is one of them. I'm supposed to slow down right here and really let you think about this. There is something wrong with each of us. You get that? There's not something just wrong with you. Because here's what happens. A lot of us think, well, there's something more wrong with me than anyone else. No. I, you know, there's something wrong with me, but, but my friends have the perf picture-perfect life. That, uh, you know, who, 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 whoever else, they have the picture-perfect life. They don't struggle like I do. No. I want you to understand me. There is something wrong with each of us, with every one of us, not just you. Now, there's no doubt that the struggle level is going to be different along the way, along life's way, that's for sure. But we're all going to struggle. We're all going to sin. We're all going to struggle with sin. And it shouldn't surprise you that you're struggling. There is something wrong with each of us. And Jesus knows what that is. Because he sees it. He made you. He knows you. And he, he knows what that is. He knows what that is. So why us? If there's something wrong with us, because we're going to go on to verse 9 where Jesus came and died for you. Why would he do that? To people who, there's something wrong with each of us. He's, he looks around and he can't find anybody he doesn't need to die for. What's wrong with us? Sin's what's wrong with us, that's for sure. But he sees that. Real quick story that I told before, years ago, right after it, Right after it happened, I, I use a story, but I think about this one when I'm thinking about this issue right here. So why us? Why, why, would, why would God do it if there's something wrong with us, if we've already failed, we've already sinned? Why don't you just wipe us out and start over? Your worth is not what you are, but whose you are. Your worth is not what you are, but whose you are. And I, I really I want you to get this. So several years ago, I had a mare, a horse, a female horse, who had a foal, and the foal, uh, about th three days old, the foal came up, and she was, the little foal was sick, real pretty foal. She was sick, laid, laid on the ground, but, oh, all right, sick. I did everything I could to try to make the foal not sick, try to save her, did everything I could, and, I, and nothing I tried worked. So I called the vet, well, bring bring her in. So I loaded the mare and the foal up and brought her into the vet. Now, the mare, nice mare and all, but she is what we call a grade mare. She's not a registered horse, good, good, good horse and all, but, but a grade mare in horse world means that she's not worth much as far as cash goes. Kind of like driving an old pickup truck, all right? It's worth more to you 
than anyone else, okay? Well, that's this great mare, worth more to me than anyone else. So she's not worth much. Now, what's even worse than that, a sick foal of a great mare is worth almost nothing, okay? So I've got a sick foal, load, load her up, take her to the vet. When I pulled on to the parking lot of the vet, he, he, he knew I was going to come. He's going to come out and look at this foal. When I drove on to the parking lot, I had this understanding that as soon as I drove on to the parking lot, the, the bill, the veterinary bill, is going to be more than that foal will ever be worth. Why would I do that? So went through the process, the, the vet came out. As soon as he opened the trailer door to look at the foal, that bill is more than that foal will ever be worth. Why would I do that? Because she was my foal, okay? She's my foal. She's worth nothing to you. Why? She's not yours. She's mine. That makes all the difference in the world about everything. About everything. It's not what you are, but it's whose you are. So that's why we don't give up on our children. Why? Because there are children. Tony and I were joking. I don't know if your children are going to watch this or not. I like Tony's children more than he likes Tony's children. But that's not really true. He doesn't give up on his children. Why? Because they're his. You don't give up on your children. Why? Because they're yours. They, they may not be worth much to anybody else, but he's your husband. She's your wife, but these are your parents, so you don't give up because of whose they are. That's the difference. You look at man fallen and, and just, we mess up over and over again, and yet God still doesn't give up on us. Why? Because we were made by him and for him, and that means we are his we are his. And there's where the key is. It's not that you're worth anything according to what you do. Listen, you've just got to get out of your head that somehow you're better because of some good things that you've done because that doesn't do anything about the bad things that, that, that you've done. Somehow you've got to get out of your head that the better I am, the more I'm worth because it's not true. Now, it might be true at your job, and it might be true at your school, but you know, it was never true in my home. There's nothing my children could do or not do to make me love them more. They're, they're all different, and they act in different ways. Some are more obedient than others, and, you know, that's just the way it is. But that doesn't make me love or, or unlove one above the other. Why? Because they're my children, and we love them the same, and we never stop. And so that's how God views you. And so all of your goodness, that's good. It's good to be good. But it isn't making you better in his eyes. He's not loving you more. And here's the thing. 
None of your bad deeds make him love you less. None of your bad deeds make him love you less. Why? Because you're his. He created you. He made you. He doesn't overlook it. He doesn't overlook it. He does something about it. Our sin, our failures. He doesn't overlook it. He doesn't just turn his head, but he does something about it. And that's why we go on to verse 9. But we see Jesus. I'll tell you what I want to do. The verse starts, but we see Jesus. Right after verse 8, it's talking about how, you know, we mess things up, and then it goes right into verse 9, but we see Jesus. What I did in my Bible, I underlined the word but, how, however, and I wrote out beside it the word that I, th- I want to, uh, why, uh, not why, so. I wrote out beside the word but, I wrote so. We see how man is messed up, so we see Jesus. I'm going to just read that verse. So we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. And that's you. We've messed up, so we see Jesus. Why Jesus? Jesus is not watching you, but he wants to be with you. We see Jesus. This is, this is an area, this is the second one where I'm supposed to slow down. He sees who you are. You are worthy because he made you. But the issue is that, uh, that you've sinned, and so he is the remedy. He doesn't just turn his head. He does something about it, and that's what Jesus did. He came down to be with us, and he came down to die for us here's this here's where I slow down again it's easy real easy I've been right there with you I will still struggle with it God where are you God where are you are you even paying attention God it seems like you're not it seems like I am I am struggling through this all by myself God where are you God, I need you. And it seems like you're not paying attention. It seems like you don't see me. I would like for you to, uh, because we're going to stay here as the scriptures go on in Hebrews chapter 2, this theme is going to stay for a while. Jesus with us. I want you to imagine as David laid on the ground staring up at the sky and at the stars and moon and I want you to imagine we, him doing that. It's not too hard to see that. But it's, the opposite is not true. We don't serve a God who's staring down at us. God is not in a universe somewhere able to see this far. That's not what this story is. This is, this is a, we serve a God who made us, and he saw the issue, he saw the failure, he saw the sin, and he came down to be with us. He was made a little lower than the angels. He was made like us to come and and die for us. Our our sins are not just overlooked. Our sins are paid for. He came down to be with us, part of us. And this is uh, 
one of the major issues that we teach, one of the things that we really need to get in our head, that Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Holy Spirit would not come. But Jesus did go away, and the Holy Spirit is here, and this is Jesus through his Spirit in us. He's not somewhere watching you. He's right here with you. Now, I know this is where I, I understand. I'm right there with you too. Sometimes, though, Pastor, it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it feels like Jesus is as far away as we saw the universe. It seems sometimes like Jesus is a million miles away. I know that. Sometimes it feels like that, but you know we don't go by feeling, do we? We go by faith. This is where we take Hebrews chapter 2, and, and this, this theme's going to come around again and again. And, and you can take Hebrews chapter 2, and you can take it home with you wherever you are and read it again and again and again. And it's about Jesus became one of us. Jesus is here with us. And so it's not about how we feel, but it's about the truth of God's word. Jesus became one of us. Jesus is right here with us. Through it all. He's not standing back watching you. He's not staring at you. But he is in you. He wants to be in you. And he wants to go through this with you. I try to tell folks uh, at our church when you're going through a terrible thing, a terrible trial, I try to let you know. And, and, but we've, we fail along the way. We certainly do. But I try to let you know that at our church, I, I, I always can't fix it but I can go through it with you. I want folks in our church to know that whatever you're going through, you don't have to go through it alone. Okay, in that area, I know that we're going to fail, but God's not going to. And whatever you're going through, he can go through it, and he is going through it with you. He's not watching you. He's going through it with you. I want to ask the band to come up. We're going to get ready to have our have our prayer time I'm going to ask for the congregation if you would to stand with me and I'm going to ask you to bow your head if you would excuse me if I could talk to Every person in every seat, as I already said before, there's a different story. Every person in every seat, there's a different story. And some stories this morning, if you would share them with me, would be very challenging. Very challenging. Very difficult. And uh, I'm certain that that's going to be true. That there are people standing here going through things right now that are very challenging, very difficult. And I would think that there are few of us, as we go through it, are, are wondering, where is God? Why isn't God helping? Does God care? Does God listen? Does God see? God was talking to Isaiah one time. He said, Isaiah, I made man's mouth. You don't think I can speak? I made man's ears. You don't think I can hear? I made man's eyes. You don't think I can see? God is right here with us. 
If you'll take a second and just listen and look, God is right here with us, and he's right here with you. And that's what this morning's about, trying to get you back to that spot where you know that. You're not going by how you feel. You're going by the truth of God's word. God's right here with me. God is right here with me. And he's going to see me through. Jesus is going to see me through. I believe that. He's not going to leave me nor forsake me. Jesus is going to see me through. If you need to come this morning and spend some time in prayer, these brown chairs are here. You can stand, kneel, sit at a, at a chair. We'd love to pray, pray with you, but obviously this is really all about you and spending some time in prayer with Jesus. And that whatever's going on, you just pour your heart out to him. If you need to come and pray, uh, we invite you to come. Oh 